This is The Art Life. Hello, I'm Zandra Robinson Burns, writer and the protagonist of Heroin Training. Today's episode is The Art of Joy. And joining me joyfully is my co host, actress and activist Grace Gordon. Grace, how is your art life? My art life is adaptable. Oh, Zandra, I have I have such a fun story that I've been so excited to tell you all week. Um so last week, uh my best friend, who is also um an actress, uh, she got an email um from someone who works with her requesting that she get uh new professional headshots. Um and it was kind of frantic and, you know, they requested that she get like a bunch of different looks and it was, it was clearly written by someone who was like stressed and, and you know, under a lot of pressure and, and perhaps not uh, slowing down long enough to think about what they were asking for. Um, just because uh, in LA, we're still in quarantine and, um, you know, no professional sets are even open or filming at the moment um and no headshot photographer can really do a day of headshot shoot and certainly not right now so you know my my friend had this uh panic or we both did even just reading this email because she was like what am i going to do um you know how do i pull this together i don't want to uh be unprepared, but I also don't want to be unsafe. And I, you know, I can't do all of this in one day, of course. And, you know, let's be clear, no one could. Um, and, you know, she's talking to her managers who are great and trying to be helpful. And, uh, what they ended up settling on is like, well, can you, can you take some, can you take some photos from home? Um, just so that people can see your current hair length and, you know, a couple, a couple different looks that you don't have in your, uh, profile, basically, like these profiles that casting directors use to give auditions. Um, so I ended up helping her. We set up our, our lighting, uh, our lighting kit that we use for auditions and put a backdrop up and we took, an hour, maybe a little bit more just to go through different outfit options and, you know, get clear on characters, uh, what she needed and what, uh, what clothes would look right and adjusting her hair a little bit. Cause both of us have like our hair grown out and, um, all of that. And, uh, and we ended up taking photos. Uh, I took the photos with her iPhone and, um, she, cropped them and edited them herself and I was really excited after because I was like we spent zero dollars on this and they look good and they're I I felt like these are gonna be usable so then what happened was she ended up getting an email back from her managers saying these are fantastic you don't need to reshoot new headshots. These look professional. And I, when she showed me that, I like jumped up and down. I was so happy because not only are headshots like 
um, they're a very stressful part of actor life and they're very awkward and you know you're working with people you don't know and it's really confusing and there's so many reasons that it's stressful they're also incredibly expensive um especially here like a lot of the name photographers that agencies recommend are like a thousand dollars to shoot with and sometimes you'll go do a headshot shoot and the photos won't be usable like something got messed up the characters weren't right you know your hair your hair wasn't right and you need to dye it like there are things like that happen and then you know poor hungry actors are out hundreds if not a thousand dollars and um having that moment of like we did this ourselves they look great they're the most like her I've seen for headshots or the most authentic to who she is but also like that I was able to help that I was able to direct her and take the photos and help her choose wardrobe it just felt amazing so talk about like a silver lining of um this year and like the opportunities that I've had to create within the confines uh I'm so excited about this win that we had uh, as friends, you know, and um, yeah, I'm just really excited. My art life is adaptable and I feel like I've discovered something and I'm so happy. I want to say congratulations, but I also feel like I should be saying like, brava. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I do it for my fans. <laughs> well created. The word authenticity is coming to mind. It's something that I've been thinking about a lot in the context of this situation in quarantine. And I'm, I'm reading British Vogue and there are a lot of like self, self, self-made um, photo shoots from people who would usually be going into studios and into these very styled environments. And I'm just, I'm fascinated by that and on, on the other hand, I'm also fascinated by, in this story, how your friend's manager said, like, this, this is professional enough to pass for what would usually be expected for a headshot. So it sounds like you kind of did both where, and, and maybe that's the, maybe that's the key. I'm not sure if this is making any sense, but I'm... I think that it's right. It's fair to point out like we have like a cheap but usable like lighting kit that we use for auditions because we need to like so many auditions are self tapes basically. Um, You know, her best friend is uh, someone who takes gets photos taken of her for a living. (laughs) Um, So I at least, you know, I have uh I have an established skill set of like posing and and um, getting the shot. You know, I'm experienced with that. But um, even so, like I feel like the photos were particularly good because I know her, and because like right, like that authenticity could shine because she was in her home environment working with her best friend. So a lot of the stress the stressors or the things that would make someone look uncomfortable on camera or not make their personality shine through, those weren't a problem. And I I want to celebrate and appreciate the fact that you are bringing 
your modeling skills to this project in a different perspective than you normally do. And that's what excites me too. And that feels particularly art live is that the two of you were able to collaborate in a way that isn't your isn't your usual way of bringing of highlighting your art forms it was in sort of a tangential way and that's really exciting to me yeah i definitely feel like who else can i do this for like you know and and i and i do feel like proud i guess um of what I've learned on the model side of the camera. Like I clearly have been paying attention and um, have picked up skills that helped make someone else comfortable because I know how it feels on her side when someone says the wrong thing and when someone says the right thing and what it takes to, you know, to bring out you know, my most authentic self. So I was able to translate that and just be on the other side of the camera this time. I can relate to that as a podcaster where I was first a guest on many podcasts before I ever interviewed anyone. And I think it really, really helped to to be in that seat before addressing people who are in that seat because um, it, it gave me a, a different perspective from like learning how to conduct a really good interview, just from understanding more what it what is, is like to be an interviewee. Yeah, it's such a good example. You're right. That, that's the same thing. Or it's, you know, people listening to this podcast, they or people who listen to a lot of podcasts have a good idea of like what works on a podcast or you know people like Stephen King always says if you want to be a writer you need to read a lot oh yeah I I like um that comparison of like the experience is the reading and you and I are both readers so I like anything that we can compare back to reading we just we can always be learning even in the audience or even on a different side of a production um, we can't always be learning and those skills, you know, what you absorb, it is going to come in handy if you let it. So this was just such an empowering experience. And even just like that, you know, the email she got back was so exactly like what I couldn't have phrased it more perfectly for what I wanted to hear. Like, you know, fantastic and looks professional and you don't need to shoot again. Like, it couldn't have been more affirming to see that. When I get an email like that, I take a screenshot and put it in a folder on my computer for a rainy day. I think that we should all do that. We should all be keeping that file. Zandra, how is your art life? My art life is slow in like a five course meal kind of way. I was reflecting on what I was doing last time we were recording two weeks ago, and I haven't, I still feel kind of in that same space where I was finishing up my essay that I ended up publishing a week ago, Only the Best Cake, 
And I was like, I was basically done with it by the time we were in the studio, but I was just making little tweaks every day and giving it some space to, to finish properly. And then as it's now been a week since I published it every now and then, I think I remember what I wrote about and remember little parts of it and think, yeah, I did say what I mean. And that's also a really satisfying feeling to look back on work that I just published and to to just really agree with how I, I did that. It kind of, an essay will feel different once I know that people are reading it and have read it, but I'm just, I feel really sturdy in what I've said in this essay so far, and I'm not so deep into the next project that um that I'm too far away from it so I'm just I'm still enjoying the the aftermath the afterglow so this was my favorite essay that you've ever written and we'll obviously link to it in the show notes so people can read it um I actually had a question about it for you if you don't mind answering on air Sure. I'm excited. First of all, thank you. Yeah. That is like the equivalent of the email that you got. It's like, yes, Grace liked it. <laughs> um. So in your essay, Only the Best Cake, you say this wonderful thing about uh, you have a rule, which is obsessions only. So the things that you listen to or watch or read, you have to be totally enthusiastic about them. I loved that. Um. I am definitely someone who often like pushes through books or shows just out of a sense of obligation. And I'm wondering like what uh, what helps you discern when to quit something or if you're even gonna like something at all. Um, and if that was like a new thing for you, like if you used to be someone who just pushed through something you were enjoying uh, and then you learned to let go. Oh, this is such a good question. And it feels so relevant to this episode on the it's art of so joy. It's so relevant. It's so relevant to this episode. So a story comes to mind when I was in third or fourth grade and a a teacher of mine was like giving out optional books um, for for those of us who loved reading and wanted a, something for fun extra to um, to take home after we'd finished our homework kind of books. And she picked out a book for me and I brought it back a couple of days later and said, I didn't like it. Like I, I read a little bit of it and I, I didn't like it. And she was so upset with me. She was like, you didn't try hard enough. And it was like, a, I'm disappointed in you kind of thing. And I was confused because it was such a, a natural reaction for me to start reading this book and be like, no, I'm not this book. And I couldn't, I couldn't explain why. It was just a feeling of like, no, thank you. And uh, so there was some, there's something in me that has that intuitive feel about whether something is right for me. And I've just been listening to that over the years and learning to trust that again after getting a lot of messages like the one from that teacher of like 
you the only way to be a good reader is to finish every book or to finish every book in a certain amount of time. I'm just evaluating different ways that I enjoy what I do. And sometimes I will pick up a book and and know that it's not the right time right now, but put it back on the shelf and pick it up a couple of years later when it is the right time. So I love buying books for that for that purpose when I can tell, ooh, not yet, but maybe later. So I think it's a it's it's listening to my own my own reaction to to something and tuning out the shoulds. It's an easy thing to say and a harder thing to do in in saying, oh, avoid the shoulds, because some shoulds are, are necessary, right? Like, you should eat well. You should get some sleep. Yes, we, we should. But when it comes to, like, that little sliver of free time that is just for us, that's that's where you get to be really picky and say, you know what? I'm not inspired by my Sims game today, so maybe I'll play it tomorrow or next week. There's no need to like make that feel like work. So I guess it's it's listening to joy, listening to what makes us feel joy. And Grace, you have prepared a quotation to introduce our topic today. Would you like to read it? Yeah, of course. So I proposed this topic, uh, The Art of Joy, and um, this morning you recommended that I pick out a quote from one of my favorite books, this book called uh, Pleasure Activism by Adrienne Marie Brown. It's one of my favorite books and um, something I recommend a lot and just talk a lot about. One One of the quotes that I love so much from pleasure activism, just states, pleasure is the point. Feeling good is not frivolous. It is freedom. And I thought that was a good place to start. Um, You know, as we were just talking about earlier, it's like the point of your time that you spend reading or watching something, the point is to feel good. So why would you choose something? that you're not enjoying. I recently was, and this is part of the reason that I wanted to do this episode. I recently was on a hike with my sister, who's also an artist. And um, we were talking about a lot of, you know, deep stuff, talking about family and healing and therapy and mental health and really getting into it. These are topics that I'm very passionate about and I've been examining and doing a lot of self-development work around for most of my life. So I have a lot of language that I use. You know, I have a lot of education on mental health or trauma. Um, I, I have this framework that I can talk about things or analyze experiences with. And my sister uh, has not had as much of an opportunity to like get into all of that. So as we we're hiking, you know, I'm reflecting with her about certain dynamics or certain relationships and like providing some insight and it's, it's helpful. 
it's helpful. And she, you know, she recognizes this. Like, she, she thanks me a lot for, like, I help her understand some of these things. While we're hiking, though, this time, she, she, um, she paused for a moment and she said to me, essentially, she said, you have so much of, you know, the knowledge about these topics. You have, you have so much insight, essentially. But are you enjoying your life? <laughs> like, she, what, she, what she meant was, she, she was saying, like, you're so good at looking at the world and having insight about what causes people to do these things or, you know, what's needed for better mental, mental health. But she's like, are you metabolizing all of this information and allowing yourself to feel joy? To not just focus, you know, on the the therapeutic language and the analysis, but to actually, like, to enjoy the process and enjoy, like, all that I've learned and, like, free myself a little bit from the heaviness. And, you know, when she said it, I, I'm not, I, I want to be honest, I'm not phrasing it as well as she did. She was, she brought up something that is so relevant to my life. And it almost, within that day, it became a playful joke because she's absolutely right that I don't give myself enough opportunity to just enjoy things for the sake of them or to to, to celebrate, you know, to celebrate all of this, uh, like, insight I've gathered and, and what I've learned. Um, and it almost became a joke that day where I would, like, in the car with her on the way back home, I was like, try to have fun. And I kept, I kept sort of, like, teasing myself. And I even, like, later that night, I, like, texted her a, like, Grace learning to have fun update. And I, like, let her know what I was doing to enjoy my life. And she was, like, she was, like, championing, championing me and, and uh, applauding my efforts. And it was very silly, but it's also very real. It's very real because what she said was so insightful about me and, and, and something that I need. And, you know, part of the reason I love the book like Pleasure Activism is because I absolutely need it. This concept that, like, pleasure is the point is so important. You know, whether it's an activism or art making or any even career that you're pursuing, it's like the point is that you want to feel good. You want to have a good life. That's why we put so much hard work in. That's why we... Um, take risks and uh, stand up for what's right. The point is freedom and feeling good. I am obsessed with this story and with your sister's question. It is so wise in its simplicity, which seems to be a theme through this whole conversation is like, we are so used to doing things a certain way. For me, it's trying to churn out essays faster and faster. And in your headshot story, you are describing this this system in which it's it's so expensive and we budget for that as or I, I don't, but actors would budget for that as like this is an expense. This is part of the job. and um, and sometimes there is a simpler way. Sometimes um, 
because it's it's just a good reminder that 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 joy is all we're seeking. It totally rocked my world when she said that, and it was it was the thing that I needed to hear in that moment and at this point in my life. And, you know, it, it brought me to this episode topic. It brought me back to pleasure activism today, looking for quotes. And, like, throughout this year, moving forward, the way that, right, I navigate my art or my career, and, you know, the, those are the same thing, um, <laughs> my life, my art life, that question of, like, how is this bringing me closer to pleasure how is this bringing me closer to joy is one that i'm going to be asking a lot i'm curious in in this experiment so far if you're noticing what the shift is like when you remember to ask that question because i know that you and i to a degree enjoy finding meaning in things. We enjoy the vocabulary and the understanding and talking through why the world is a certain way and why a social interaction was a a certain way. I get joy in figuring that out. But for you, do you get, do you get caught up in that to a degree that it it isn't joyful anymore? And, And how can you tell? I think that it's the, I think that lately it's, um, it's just felt like the fun's been taking out, taken out because like world circumstances are really extreme and really heavy. And especially in the U S you know, the political situation is very upsetting. Um, you know, the further I lean into this uh, desire for meaning and making the world better and um, engaging even more in social justice work, I have kind of lost sight of the purpose. You know, I've lost sight of like the the feeling good is the point and joy is the point. And um, it's because it's just felt like so much work. Like it's felt like there's so much healing needed essentially. Uh, to 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 distill it into one idea it's like wow the system is so rigged or even like you know hollywood is so this hollywood's so superficial or it's so um you know tied up in capitalism whatever you want to say i've gotten so focused on that and how much work there is to do how much uh healing is needed even like with my friends and while i believe in it and it's it's wonderful and it's the it's the reason i'm here you know to move towards healing or to dismantle these systems in my lifetime as much as i can uh i have gotten i've lost sight of the joy the fun the pleasure and so i think that just reminding myself of that is really important and, um, and finding ways to integrate both, you know, like you're saying, it's like, I actually do enjoy talking about some of these things, but I have to find a way to, to make it a little more lighthearted or, or to find more beauty, um, or to connect with my friends even 
on more than the work ahead and the healing and the the activism. Like I, I, I have to prioritize play with my friends. Every year at the Granger Leadership Academy, where we just presented our live show on Digital Boundaries a couple of episodes back, every year I have noticed something happen with with me and my experiences. It, I call it my annual activist checkup. There's I usually end up crying and having some sort of revelation at this conference of something, a, a new concept that I want to turn my attention to. Um, for example, one year it was microaggressions. I learned about microaggressions and was like, oh my gosh, this is this is terrible. I got to do something about the microaggressions. Good thing I know about it now. And and this year I was just waiting. I was like bracing myself for like, what's it going to be? What's going to like spin me into an emotional spiral of doom that will eventually empower me to take action? <laughs> and this year, um, this year, the, the takeaway for me was like, this can be joyful. <laughs> This can be fun. I had such a fun time doing our show together. And at the end of the weekend, the tradition is you make a commitment and say, this is the action that I'm going to bring into my life. And I, we were all typing these in digitally. And I typed in, I commit to joyous activism and, and like slapped on a few of my favorite sparkly emojis. And I put a little pink border around it and was like I feel equal parts like yes this is I'm I'm putting my stamp on it but also a little bit like ooh is this is this frivolous to use the same word from the quote that you read earlier and that little bit of hesitation confirmed for me that like this is work this is something that I have not embodied yet I've just realized it and this this year, I can work on joy and that and like accept that that counts. I am totally going to co-opt um, that commitment and even say, for me, like I commit to joyous art making. Well, something that I've been thinking about that I wanted to comment on is how like, we both just had this moment of like, I don't, I don't know what to say next. So we, we giggled, <laughs> we giggled. And, um, like when we giggle, it's, it's a sign of joy. And sometimes we do that in an uncomfortable situation. Right. And it's like, the joy is just desperate to get out. <laughs> it's desperate to be like, Oh, I, I need to, I need to release some of this some of this tension and the way that I do that is through humor. I've been thinking about a TV show, Grace, that you recommended to me, the Imagineering story on Disney Plus. And it tells the story of how the Tower of Terror, the famous uh, attraction at the Disney parks, is was reimagined at Disneyland as the Guardians of the Galaxy mission breakout, which I had the pleasure to experience. And I have to say, I'm not that into the Tower of Terror. I'm not that into the like f the, the the terror of it. I'm not into the fear of 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 plummeting 
uh, from Great Heights. But the Imagineers took on this challenge to keep the vehicle exactly the same, keep the mechanics exactly the same. It's still throwing you up and down like a broken elevator. But to bring in the Guardians of the Galaxy, they just switched the intention of the emotion from fear to joy. They said, this is going to be a giggle machine. And sure enough, as this this attraction is like a dance party in a box, it's playing funny music and everyone's just laughing as they're going up and down. And it's it just blows my mind that the mechanics are exactly the same as the Tower of Terror. Your body is going through the exact same thing, but because of the story that's being told, you're emitting joy instead of like shrieks of of despair. I love this story so much. What? Because of the story that's being told. I love that. And it reminds me of something that I just experienced and I'll I'll I'll, sh- I'll share this as my last thought for those listening. Um recently you know, in keeping with what I've been saying about sort of the heaviness of things and what feels like work and, um, you know, to-do lists and focus, too much focus on, you know, where, what to do next sort of, or like what I have not achieved. Um, you know, all of that can be uncomfortable or, you know, it's just, it's not, uh, the story around that, about how much is ahead, um, or how much I have yet to do, the story around that doesn't feel good. And recently I was, it was just like scrolling Twitter and, um, I saw a a tweet that just said, essentially said, say whatever you want about me. My middle school self would think I am the coolest person in the world. And that's all I care about. And I took a second and I thought about what I was like in middle school and what my dreams were and my interests. And I was like, holy, insert cuss word here. Um, <laughs> I was like, I am living the life that I wanted at that age. You know, and yes, there's, there's things I want to achieve or there's, you know, issues of, uh, issues that come happening in the world or there's conflict I have with people sometimes. Like, whatever. I'm living the life that I wanted to live, that I dreamed of, my wildest imagination, honestly, when I was in middle school. And like, uh, I think that's a lot better of a story to focus on than, well, here's all the work that I have yet to do. What a great reminder. So Grace, what is the art life? The art life is changing the story. What is the art life? The art life is middle school dreams. I love it. That's the the new bar for me. 
That's the new bar. I love it. My mom, my parents have been doing some scrapbooking, so my mom has been sending me um, like a couple of family photos from from childhood with each card that she sends me. So I just I have them displayed around, and it's it's clicked in meaning for me with today's episode of like these are our pictures of of like my seven year old self, and like that's my audience. What a cool perspective, just like judging your choices or or making your decisions based on what that kid would like. They're so wise. Well, Zandra, we talked quite a bit about your recent essay, Only the Best Cake. And if people want to check it out, where can people find your art? I would love for people to check it out. You will find it on heroinetraining.com. That is the portal to all of my work. And you can read my essays there, links to this podcast and my other podcast. Everything is is everything has a home now on heroinetraining.com. So it's as simple as sending you there. And I you'll also find a space to sign up for my newsletter and I'll send you an essay directly when it's written and that's that's the best place to find me i'm not on social media anymore so find me there send me an email and that's that's that it's so simple grace where can people find your art i am still uh compiling and posting most of my work on patreon.com slash grace gordon official Um, last week I had a nice little behind the scenes moment where I shared a story about like a difficult conversation with someone who works in, uh, fashion and, um, sort of, I, I, I shared like the way that I navigated it with people and it just felt so good to not just share like my, um, finished product art with my patrons, but to actually, you know, share in the closed community a little example of like how to navigate hard conversations in my art life. Uh, I really appreciated the comments that I got on there. So things like that happen on patreon.com slash Grace Gordon official. That was a really cool post. I, I really enjoyed that example. So I thought it was so clever to to share that in that space. That's what that's for. Thank you. And of course, you can find us here. The art life is art in itself, so we are so happy that you've joined us, and we'll be back next time with more art living. We're so happy to have you all here, and uh, if you've been listening to the show and you are getting a good experience from it, just a reminder to please like share it with a friend. Um, you know, a, a, a personal recommendation is the best possible way to share our show, And, uh, you know, it it is our art. It is something we put a lot of thought and creativity into. So we would love to just, you know, invite more people into the conversation. Yeah, we were having a conversation about, like, yes, we're excited to promote our own art and to talk about our own projects. But this is also a project in itself. This is, if if you're here, you're already here. And we, our our aim is not to, to get you to hop off somewhere else. Um, so we, uh, oh, this, this is perfect. It's like, remember to enjoy this show. (laughs) 
you're here, we hope you've enjoyed it. So Exactly. <laughs> from my side of the world, I will wish you all a good morning. And from my side of the world, I wish you a good night. Bye. Bye. This is The Art Life, a heroin training podcast with Grace Gordon and me, Zandra Robinson Burns. You can find us online at theartlife.show and send letters to The Art Life, care of Grace Gordon, P.O. Box number 4292, Valley Village, California, 91607, or email us, theartlife at herointraining.com. Our theme music is The Stream by Rory. Thank you for joining us.